Hallelujah. If you ask somebody where that's at, we're just going to pray for you. Amen. Genesis chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 15, end at verse 17, and then we're going to go to Genesis 3. How about that? Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, it says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou may freely eat. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now go with me to chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtile than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Let's stop there. I want to bring a word back in this house that I bought before. It may be a little different, but I believe that God want to uh, bring some deliverance. Amen. I want to talk about today distorted thinking. Last time I talked about the, uh, a distorted mind, a mind that's distorted, but it's in the same category. And I want to give you a definition of what distorted means. Distorted means the act of twisting or altering something out of its true, natural, and original state. It means the act of twisting or altering something out of its true, natural, and original state. Now, when God gave me that, he didn't stop there. He said, I want you to talk about a warped mind, a mind that's warped. Let's see what warped means. It means to bend or turn from the natural or true direction or course, to distort or cause to distort from true fact, true meaning, bias. He want to make it falsy. So this is what a warped mind is and a distorted mind is. Why is God bringing this in the house? Because this is what the enemy is using to take you away from the promise of God. The enemy is using this because he knows that when you know the truth, the truth is what makes you free. He does not want the body of Christ to be free. And God was ministering to me and he was saying that just because you're saved, the Bible tells you that you're free because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. But the enemy don't want you to live a free life. He don't want you to live that life of freedom, being liberated. So I'm going to go through the word of God and show you some things. And this is what I'm speaking forth in the atmosphere. Mental strongholds will be broken today. Mindsets will be changed today. You will be delivered from every demonic stronghold that has come to attack your mind on today. So this is what's going to happen in this place. And the enemy does not want this to happen. This is why when Jesus entered in on the scene, which is Jesus is the word. This is what Jesus said. Repent. That means have a change of mind for the kingdom. I'm telling you today, the kingdom of God is coming unto you. The kingdom of God is coming unto you today. He said, repent, have a change of mind for the kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God is near you. The enemy don't want your mind changed. He don't want your mind transformed because we know that when your mind is changed and transformed, you're going to receive life through the word of God. And he don't want you to have that life. 
So let's look at, go back with me to Genesis, the second chapter, and let's look at what was going on. Because I want you to grab hold, and as I'm teaching this, your mind is being changed. It's being transformed, and you're going to receive some illumination in the midst of that darkness that the enemy, that you have allowed that enemy. See, we allow the enemy to do these things to us. So when we look at the word of God, we see what God did. God created everything the way he wanted everything to be created. He set it up the way he wanted it to be set up. And the Bible tells me that in chapter 2, it says, verse 1, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Now I want y'all to understand something that God did. When God spoke this world into existence, he spoke the world into existence by speaking words. We got to understand that it's through faith that the worlds were framed by what? By the word of God. So when God got through speaking into existence, speaking those things that be not as though they were, God rested from his work. But I want y'all to understand something about work. I'm going to show you something. When it say work, God didn't use no plow. God didn't use, y'all come on now. When it said that God rested from his work, God didn't use no equipment. He didn't use nothing. The only thing God did was said what he wanted to come into existence. Y'all get it? And after he finished, y'all know when Jesus was on the cross, he said, it is finished. So God said after he completed, after he done everything he needed to do, God rested on the seventh day. Seven mean complete. That means God said, I don't have to go back and do anything else. Everything like I want it to be is just like I want it. And it cannot be changed and it cannot be altered because this is how I set it up. So he said, everything that I created is going to operate by what? My words, right? Didn't we go over this last week? Go back with me. We're going to bring it together. Go back with me to Colossians. Colossians, the first chapter. When we look at Colossians, this is what was going on in the book of Colossians. Y'all, I love the word because the word gives us what we need if we take it. It says in Colossians, the first chapter, verse 16, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and earth, visible, invisible, thrones, dominions, principalities, powers. All things were created by him and for him. So we see that God created everything. It took the word for everything to come in place, right? Without the word, nothing would have been what? Created. So everything have to function by the word. Y'all don't get it? The enemy knows the only thing that I can take from you is the word. And we allow him to do it. So God finished all of his work, right? But guess what God said? He said, I need someone to watch over what I have created. And God chose man to do it, woman and man. He cho chose male and female. He gave them dominion. He said, I'm going to trust you with what I have created. And I want you to have dominion over my creation. 
He said, the heavens and the heavens belong to me, but the earth I have given to the children of men. That means God gave you right on this earth. If you don't use what God told you to use, it won't work down here. Because God said, I only open up heaven by what you speak down here on earth. And if you ain't speaking heaven on earth, heaven ain't coming to earth. This is why Jesus had to speak, repent, for the kingdom of God has come unto you. See, Jesus knew, I'm going to bring some heaven down here to earth. If I don't speak it into existence, then it's not going to take place here on the earth. Y'all don't get it? Go back with me to Genesis 2. Now we're talking about man. So God had to. He already spoke man into existence as a spirit being. Because he said, we're going to make male and female in our image. Let's make them in our image and in our likeness. So the only way that man can correspond with God is through the spirit. So this is why we have to worship him in spirit and in truth. This is how we make a connection with God is through the spirit. So he created us as spiritual beings. But God said a spirit can't walk down here on earth to do what I need for him or her to do. So God created man, a body, from the dust of the ground. He said, but that body got to have some life in it from heaven. So y'all know that God breathed into the nostrils of that body, and that body became spirit, soul, and body. So God said, now I'm going to take this body. Y'all got to get it. God took that man, and he put him where he wanted him to be. Y'all think about it. It ain't you that do it. Remember the word said, God, you chose me. I didn't choose myself. So God chose man to place him in this garden. And when he placed him in this garden, God began to talk to man. And remember now, not only was this Adam, Eve was inside of Adam. So he only wasn't talking to Adam. When you look it up in Hebrew, it's male and female he was talking to through that one body. Because God pulled Eve out of Adam. Y'all got to get this thing. So what God did, God said, I already got who I want to be in this garden, right? So what God did, he placed man where he wanted man to be. Oh, I want to ask you something. Are you put where God wants you to be? Because if you put where God wants you to be, you're ready to take command from God. You can't take command from God until you're really born again. Y'all don't get it? Because you got to have the same spirit that God has. So you got to be placed in him to get what he's already. Oh, y'all is so good. You got to be placed in him to get what he's already got. If you ain't in him, you can't get what he has. You can't live off of what's already yours. It's life in him. It's life in him. Y'all got to get it. So he put man where he wanted man to be. Now God is ready to give man some instructions, y'all. He's ready to talk to man. Now catch this. Listen what he told man. And the Lord God took the man. Who took the man? Who took the man? God. And put him into the Garden of Eden. Oh, he put him in paradise. Ain't that something? Can y'all imagine? Somebody done had a mansion 
full of everything that you need, had a, a, a car garage, seven cars lined up in the garage, set it up for you, and then put you right in the midst of it and say, live. Come on, y'all. Ain't that paradise to you? Some of y'all. So he put him in there, but this is the charge he gave him. He said to dress it and to keep it. Let me tell you what the Lord told me. To dress it means to work it. But it don't mean with no plow. It don't mean with no shovel. And it don't mean with what we would use to work a garden. He said, I want you to dress it, Adam. Let me tell you how Adam had to dress it the way God did with words. I want you to keep my garden through my words. This is, you know how that's true? Go back and look. When he had the trees and everything that was growing, he had everything coming up from the earth for it to do like he wanted it to do. So the only thing man had to do is take the word of God, and that's how God's creation worked through the word. He said, not only do I want you to work it, to speak to it, speak my word over it, he said, I want you to keep it. Keep it mean guard it. What am I guarding against? I'm guarding against everything that's going to come in here and bring corruption against what I have spoken. Y'all don't get it? That's what we're supposed to be doing today. This is how he started out with Adam. How do I know that this is true? See, some people don't believe this is true. Now, he, was, he had to work. He had to work. Uh-uh, the only thing he had to work was the word. When he got through out of this garden, let me tell you what he had to do after he got through out. It said in um, 3.23, Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. Now he had to till it. Now he had some hard labor. But before, only thing he had to do was speak over God's creation the way God spoke over. Do you think God's going to give you something and tell you to do opposite of what he done? That's the devil's lie right there. See, the devil is trying to make us think that we have to do something to get what God has already done. He wants us to work for it. But the devil is a liar because the only thing we got to do is grab hold to what has already been done and just take it. And when we take it, we guard it so nothing else won't come in and try to make us think that that ain't God. Because see, after God put... The man in the garden gave him instructions, told him. He gave him a command. He said, Adam, don't you eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because, see, everything God made was good. He didn't want man to know no evil. He wanted man to live in his goodness. He wanted man to live in everything that he had created. And God ain't about evil. So he didn't want man to know that side. Only thing he wanted man to know is God's goodness. Because everything he created was good. So old Slewfoot, Satan, Beelzebub. Now I want y'all to check this. Satan is not a creator. The only thing Satan does is take what God created and use it for his advantage. He can't create nothing. We give him too much credit. So what he did, God created the serpent. The serpent in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. So, you know, Adam is the one that named this, this serpent. But Satan come in and used God's creation. So he's saying through God's creation, did God really say? So come on, y'all. When God give you a promise, what does Satan try to do? He try to warp your mind. He try to distort your thinking. 
He tried to change what God said into a lie. Go with me to Revelations 12, 9. Soon as God say what he say, Satan got to come steal it. Because he know what the word will do. In Revelations um, 12, um, 9, it says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. Deceived me to lead away from the truth. Why he want to lead you from the truth? He want to lead you into error. So anybody that's speaking truth, he going to lead you away from them because he wants you to be in error. He wants you to believe what he wants you to believe. So if you got somebody around you that's telling you truth, everything they're telling you, he's going to come in and twist it. He's going to come in and make it out of a lie because he don't want you liberated. He don't want you free. He wants you in bondage. He wants you in darkness. This is why when Jesus come down and he walked the earth, God said, I got to come down there in human form. I got to come in the flesh and let you know how the word work. So the enemy right now, everything he has told you from this morning is a lie because he don't want you to know truth. And this is what God was showing me dealing with something being warped. God began to give me a visual. And the visual was when we went to pick Ari up um, one time at school, this guy, he had, he had this bicycle, this 10-speed. He come around that corner, y'all, wide open. Next thing I know, I ain't see him no more. He was down. I looked, he was getting up. He was getting back on that bicycle to go, but he couldn't go because it was something wrong with the bicycle. But he was getting back on it to use it, but he couldn't use it. The reason why he couldn't use it, the tire was warped. And when something is warped, you can't use it the same way. The enemy know if I can warp your mind, you ain't going to be able to use your mind the way you need to use it. You ain't going to be able to go in the direction that God wants you to go in. That God kept messing with it, getting back on it, getting off of it, messing with it. But God said you got to be steadfast. You got to be unmovable. You got to always abound in the works of the Lord. And how do you do it? Through the word. So God said when something is warped, It's unusable. The enemy know that. When something is distorted, it's twisted. It's turned wrong. So the enemy say, if I could take the word from you and get you to believe something else, you're not going to receive life from that word. So the Lord began to minister to me. He began to tell me this. He said, the reason why people get sick, he said, is because around certain times of the year, the news will come up there. Come on, y'all, around from September to December, going on into February, they're talking about mucinex, they're talking about flu season, they're talking about everything they can talk about. So when you got your mind set by Jesus Christ, I'm healed, and every time you turn on the TV, you're hearing about, have you took your flu shot, mucinex, have you took your pneumonia shot, have you done this and have you done that? And then all of a sudden, your body began to be subject to that because your thinking done got distorted, your immune system and begin to get low and you begin to catch what they say and you got because you listening to what they say well you better do this because if you don't do this at your age this is what's going to happen sure you're right give it to me the enemy come to distort your mind 
He come to change your mindset to make you believe this is who you are. That's not who God created you to be. God created your body by his word. Your body is going to be kept by the word of God. And if you get your body in alignment with the word of God, it got to talk like the word. It got to walk like the word. It got to live according to the word. God say your bodies are confused because your mind is distorted. I come to preach today because this is the root and miracle temple. It's distorted minds in the house. You come in to believe opposite to what the word says. With the word said, you can do all things through Christ, which strengthen you. It ain't through your power. It's through him. In him you live. In him you move. In him you have your being. Outside of him, you can't do nothing. The Bible said God rested. That means he stopped commanding. Oh, I got something else for you. This is what the Lord was telling me. He said, we always say, the victory is won. He said, if the victory is won, why are you still fighting? I'm going to ask you again. If we say the victory is won, he said, why are you still fighting? Then he reminded me of this. He said, the enemy distorts your mind because he wants you to work for and fight for what you already have. He want to give you an illusion that you don't have it. How do I know this? God brought this right back to me. He said, Jesus in that fig tree. Jesus was hungry. Come on, he was human. The word was hungry. He was in a human body. He saw the fig tree from afar off with leaves, and he said, thank you, Lord. That tree got some food. It's going to satisfy my hunger. Jesus got to the tree. Tree didn't have no um, figs on it. Jesus said, oh, no, devil, you a liar. See, you trying to put something out that it is that ain't, so I'm going to fix it where nobody else will be deceived by this tree. So Jesus spoke to the tree and said, you are cursed from this day forward. I'm paraphrasing it. Jesus did not stand there and wait on that tree to wither up and die. Jesus knew what God's word said, and he left the tree alone, went about his father's business. So God is saying what the enemy wants you to do is, if you know the victory has been won, go about your business. Walk in it. Live in it. Speak the word of God and go about your business. Don't sit up there and wonder, did it work? Oh, I got another one for you. He said, don't worry about if it worked. Because if you speak in his word, you should know it work. When it says stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, it means that you trusted in him enough to know that I can stand still. I can rest in what he said. God rested. So then it goes on. Then this is what the Lord had to add to it. See, he always has to add to it. Remember I say the victory already been won, right? So if you know the victory has already been won, why are you still fighting? The only thing we fight is the good fight of faith. It's believing in what God has already done. So then, this morning, to add to it, y'all go with me to Matthew. Nothing but word. Matthew, the 8th chapter. 
And this is what was happening here. Y'all know the centurion. The centurion, it says, and when Jesus was entering into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of palsy, grievously tormented. Y'all, tormented means to be vexed, grievous, in pain of body and mind. When you being tormented, you be in pain, not only in your body, but also in your mind. So he, he was presenting his case unto Jesus. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. This centurion told Jesus, he said, I'm not worthy that thou should come under my roof. But speak the word only. And my servant shall be healed. So he knew the authority that Jesus had. He wasn't even in covenant with Jesus, not like the Jews. But he said, if you just speak the word, my servant shall be healed. Now, this is what I want y'all to understand. Go down there to verse 13. And Jesus said unto the satyrian, I like this. Go thy way, and thou, as thou hast believed, be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self-same hour. I want y'all to catch it. If the victory has been won, if you already spoke and you know the victory has been won, you need to go your way. Because that's believing Jesus. You don't need to sit there and wonder about it and ponder about it. You just need to go your way and say it's already done. I don't have to see it to know it's done. I know it's done because the word says that it's done. So you go your way. But what do we do? We stop in our tracks. We sit there and say, the pain is still there. This right here is still happening. I still don't have money in my bank. But when the Holy Spirit reminds you of what the word has said to you, letting you know that God already know what you're in the need of before you ask. When the word reminds you that he has already supplied your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, you go your way. You rest in that. Why? Because that's what the word said. That ain't what you said. That's what the word said. And he said, all of my promises in Christ Jesus are yes. And in him, it is a man. So that means it is so. It don't matter what it looked like. It don't matter what it appeared to be. You have to stand on his word and say, God, it is so. Because you said it was so. You said your word is not coming back to my house. It's not coming back to you void. It's not coming back to you empty. God, this is what you promised me. So God said, we got to command him. We got to say, God, this is what your word says. God already know what his word says. But that's for us to stand on, to say, God, I'm standing on what you said, not on how I feel. So God is saying that victory has already been won in every area of our life. And that victory has been won through Christ Jesus, which is the word. So when you take that word and you apply that word, you go your way because you know the word has already worked. God let me know, just like I told you, he said, faithful is he who has called you, who's already done it. See, when you stand before God, you want to hear what he's saying. God is saying, my people are not hearing me clearly because they got a bad frequency. The frequency that they're getting is through their mindset. It's through what they have come to believe, through them thinking wrongly. How do we think wrongly? Because we allow those thoughts to stay there. And this is what happened. Even if you're thinking it 
and not saying it is producing something in your life. It's changing your body. It's changing the way you feel. If you always thinking that you're not going to make it, but you ain't saying it, your body is reacting from that. You begin to feel it right in the pit of your stomach. You begin to feel a certain way. You know that ain't right. And if you don't get rid of that stinking thinking, your body's going to react according to the way you're thinking. And then sickness come. You letting a door, you leaving a door open. Go with me to Genesis 4. Genesis, the fourth chapter. This is Cain and Abel. Y'all remember that Cain allowed jealousy to come in through Abel because his sacrifice wasn't accepted. He killed his brother. And this is what God said to Cain. Verse 6. He said, and the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou do well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou dost not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So what God was saying, you're supposed to be ruling over sin. Sin don't supposed to be ruling over you. Sin lies at the door and wait for an opportunity. The enemy comes around like a roaring lion. It's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour. So what the enemy does, the enemy's been watching you even from the womb. The enemy know your fears. He know the things that you, you have a fear of. Some of us have fear of sickness. We have fear of lack. We have phobias of heights. Phobias of going into low places. The enemy know all of that. So what he did, he programmed us. Even from the womb. How did he program us from the womb? The mother carrying you. Whatever the mother be thinking, it delivers it to the child. It's feeding that child. If the mother is fearful, the child is going to be fearful. If the mother have all of these desires of lust and all of this stuff, the child is going to have these desires. You getting fed, children are getting fed from the womb. If the mother saying, I ain't going to have nothing when the child come out, the child think they ain't going to have nothing. Because the child is hearing all of these things from the womb. Whatever, if, if a mother's out partying with the child in her womb, the baby probably come out dancing before it start crying. Why? Because that's what you're taking your baby into. That's the environment. Y'all, this is truth. There are sound waves. You were created by sound, by voice, by words. That's how you were created. So even though you in the womb, that baby still hear everything. When you speak over that baby, the word in the womb, that baby going to come out like John the Baptist. That baby going to come out resurrected. It's going to come out glowing and even scared of doctors and nurses. I never seen it because the baby going to come out with the glory of God being revealed. Why? Because the mama didn't do nothing but speak word over the baby. Didn't do nothing but speak life over the baby. So when the baby comes out, that's what they're going to see, the glory of God. So it's time for us to line up according to the word. If that's not what the word says, we don't accept it. That's not what the word says. I hear what you're saying, but that ain't what the word says. So we got to stand on what the word is saying. Some people are saying, nah, I know you word-minded, but you got to listen sometime to what people say because you know that, that that's just the truth. Now, we, we are in this world, and you know things happen in the world, and sometimes you got to lie. No, I don't because that's not what the word of God says. I cannot be double-minded. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. 
I cannot be carnally minded and spiritual minded. Carnally minded lead to death. Spiritual minded lead to life and peace. One day I can't say uh, have a world mind and the next day have a spiritual mind. No, I'm not going to get anything because it's going to be a fight going on and the enemy know it. One day you can't say I'm the healed of the Lord and the next day you're saying, well, I believe I need to do something about this. Either you want to stand on what you believe or you're not. You cannot serve two masters. And we're trying to serve two masters. We're trying to please the world and we're trying to please God. But when you know what God says, God is going to be faithful as he who has called you and also will do it. So either we're going to be faithful to what he's saying or we're going to be faithful to what man says. God ain't going to love you any less. If that's what you choose, that's what's going to occur in your life. But don't try to get nobody off of what they're doing because that's what you choose. Don't try to talk nobody else out of what they believe because that ain't what you believe. What you need to do is separate yourself. So when we look back at the word of God, see, we're still talking about a distorted thinking and a warped mind. When you look back at the word of God and you look at the people in the word, God began to show me Noah again. Now, when he told Noah to build the ark, Noah didn't know nothing about building no ark, but he trusted God. Come on, y'all. Can y'all imagine? He said, I want you to build an ark right out there in the middle of that road. I can't build that ark in the middle of the road. They'll lock me up. But if you know God told you to build an ark in the middle of the road, God will sustain you right in the midst of man because you know what God told you. So you're going to, I'd rather obey God than man. God, if you're telling me to build an ark, tell me how far you want it to be. Lay out the stakes. Road closed. <laughs> because you're listening to God, okay? See, God take the foolish things to conform the wise. Amen. See, he's going to do something out of the ordinary to let man know you ain't getting credit for this ark. So God told Noah to build the ark. So Noah trusted God. And the Bible said, Noah done all, let me read it. Go back to Genesis. He said, Noah, thus Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. He didn't leave nothing out. God told him. So this is what I'm saying. When God tell us something, we do everything God is telling us. We don't add to it. We don't subtract from it. Why? Because it's his word. And we got to understand how important God's word is. And when we understand the importance of God's word, we want to make sure we're doing it like God wants us to do it and not the way we want it done. And this is what the enemy do. When God give you a word and God tell you, okay, I want you to share this word and let them know this is what I'm doing in this season. You're going to have somebody in the bunch to say, well, let's do it this way. And then that's when you need to say, we're doing it according to the way that God said it need to be done. Now, if you can't line up with his way, I don't need you to help with this. Because that's what the enemy does. He'll put a person in there to take you off of the plan and purposes of God. He'll send somebody to disencourage you, to make you feel like you're crazy, and this is what you need to be doing. But Noah did everything that God told him to do. He listened to the plan of God and he carried it out the way God told him to carry it out. And once it was carried out, God shut that door. Everybody was locked in. They was in the ark of safety. See, when you listen to God's word, you are in safety. 
God is protecting you because that's what his word does. His word protect you. But what the enemy does, y'all, and I'm going to get to these strongholds because this is what some of us are held in bondage to. It is a stronghold and we keep making excuses, but we're not moving from under that bondage. We're staying in that bondage because we think this is my safety zone. This is where I'm safe at. But God said, I'm calling you out of there. I'm calling you out of that place because you're in bondage and you'll never move. You will never experience what I have for you. You're trying to do it yourself, but you can't do it yourself. You got to do it according to the word and you're putting people in bondage with you because of your fear. Because you're afraid, you're trying to get people subject to you so they can stay in that place with you. God say, come out of that place. You got to come out of that place. If you don't come out of that place, you're going to die in that place with them. God said, I want you to move out of that place and do what I told you to do. If they want to be left in that place, let them stay in that place. Do not let them keep you in bondage. This is what God told the Israelites. When he gave them the word, he had to give it to Moses. Moses gave it to the Israelites. When they come out of bondage, come on, they come out of Egypt, but Egypt didn't come out of them. The thing is, they took a mixed multitude with them. That mixed multitude was not in covenant with, with God. So what they did was they mumbled and complained amongst the Israelites. You can have fish. You don't need this bread from heaven. Come on, this is what people tell you. Mixed multitude. You know what I call a mixed multitude? Someone that think they're saved and they ain't. That's a mixed multitude. Somebody that's always discouraging you, trying to get you out of the word of God. You don't need to be in that word that much. You ain't that holy. You don't need to go to church like that. That's a cult you up on. That's a mixed multitude. You got to separate yourself. Soon as the mixed multitude start complaining, they start complaining to Moses. Messing up, trying to mess up what God has started. But this is what God said. You cannot stay in that place. So God gave them a promise. God said, I have given you the promised land. Everything you need is right there in that promised land. That's your land. God said, I want you to go into that land. I want you to occupy that land. But God was giving them statues. He was giving them judgments to live by. He said, when you live by my statutes and my laws, it's going to even amaze those that's in that land. And they're going to know the God that you serve. Because see, God manifests himself through his word. He manifests himself through his promises. So they had to keep moving forward. Moses had to keep speaking the word even upon them. But this is what God said. Go with me to Numbers 33. And Numbers 33, 52, listen what God was saying. Then ye shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all of their pictures, molding images, pluck down all their high places. God said, when you get in that land to occupy, you got to get rid of all this stuff. I'm going into strongholds now, y'all. See, the enemy want a place in your mind. He want a fortified place where he can live. If he get a fortified place in your mind, he don't need to be with you because he already got you in bondage. A stronghold is an area in your life due to your way of thinking that puts you in bondage, meaning that the enemy can't be everywhere like God. So what he do? He sets you up from birth. He sets you up with these fears, with these phobias, with lack. 
He sets you up with all of these things, and you're, you're thinking, you be thinking, I can't have because my mom and daddy didn't have. You know, I'm going to get sick because my mama was sick. This is um, hereditary. It runs through the family, so that's what I'm going to have. So when you go to the doctor, you got to list everything your family have. So when you list everything that your family have, they're going to say, well, you can look for it to happen to you. If your mama had high blood pressure, your daddy have high blood pressure, you're going to have high blood pressure. So they put that in your mind. So when you go home, you thinking it. You thinking it, and you begin to tell people about, my mama had it, my daddy had it, so you know I'm, I'm looking for it. So you keep talking that foolishness, and then you quit talking it, but you lay down thinking it. You get up thinking it. Next thing you know, you're feeling dizzy. You're feeling weak. Oh, there it is. I might as well just go get me some blood pressure pills. That's going to calm it down. So now the enemy got you thinking, as long as you keep the pills, you can keep it regulated. Oh, my goodness, let me tell you. This is what the enemy have you thinking. They say, this is how you're going to live the rest of your life. That's what they tell you. This is what you got to go by. You, you, you thought about it. You thought about it. Now there it is. This is what happened in life. When you hang around positive mind people that talk nothing but the word, that talk nothing about by Jesus Christ, you already healed. Healing is the children's bread. He sent his word and he has healed you and delivered you. You come from a new bloodline. And in this bloodline, there is no sickness. There is no disease. Because the blood of Jesus took care of all of that. You have his blood on the inside of you that's running through your veins. You stand around somebody that long and they talking nothing but that. You ain't thinking about sickness. You ain't thinking about disease. But hold up, everybody. Here come a mixed multitude. The mixed multitude in church every Sunday, praising God, shouting, falling out, speaking in tongues. The mixed multitude come in and said, the Lord said, you better take them blood pressure pills. If you don't take them, you're going to die. Oh, sure, you're right. It's all in where your mind is. It's all in what you believe. If that's what you believe, then that's what you believe. But don't change somebody else's belief because that's where you are. If your brother is stumbling because they don't, if your brother don't eat meat, don't make them stumble if that's what they believe. The Bible tells you that. That's what they believe. You can tell them what the words say, but you don't beat them on the head with it because you will make them um, stumble in other areas because of that one area. So what we have to do is get our mind right. Our minds are warped. That's why our bodies are whack. Our bodies don't know what to do. They don't know which way to go. The body fluctuates. One day you're telling the body this. One day you tell the body you're going to lose weight. Next day you're eating just like you never ate before. So the body don't know. You told me to lose weight. Now you're filling me up. Then the next day you say, I don't know why I ain't losing no weight. I do this and that. That's because you're doing it. Your body don't know what to do. Your body's only calling for what you done gave it. When you lose your body for something over a period of time, your body ain't going to want it no more. Your body don't have a taste for it no more. When you make up your mind and you want to drop a habit, you can drop it instantly. But when you start thinking about that habit, guess what happens? Pops back up. The more you think about it, the more you're drawn to it. The enemy know, y'all, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The more things you think about and you don't do nothing with them, 
the enemy know I got your stronghold. And as long as he can get a stronghold in your life, that's what he feed off of. And I'm going to tell you how you know you got a stronghold in what area it is. If somebody come up to you and you got a fear of sickness and somebody begin to talk about sickness and all of a sudden your stomach be turning, it's a stronghold there. It's a fear there. Or if somebody come up to you and they talk about, oh, I just don't like being alone. And all of a sudden you get a fear, oh, Lord, I'm going to be alone too. I ain't going to have nobody. Your mind start playing tricks on you. Or if you think you got over your children and think everything going right with your children, then somebody come in and say, there was a drug bust. Somebody got shot. They were out on the corner selling drugs. And all of a sudden you see a picture of your child sitting on the corner. Just that quick. Didn't take long. That shows what you've been thinking. Because what happens, the enemy put a, a thought there through television, through something somebody said. If you don't get rid of that thought, you get a visual on it. And if you get a visual on that thing but so long, you see it played out in your life. When you see it played out in your life, you're waiting on it to happen. And you know what some people say? The Lord showed it to me. The Lord showed it to me a long time ago. No, you allowed the enemy to build that up in your mind concerning that person. Because it don't matter how bad a person is. We're supposed to speak opposite to what we see. If the person is on drugs, we're supposed to speak. No, they're not going to be a drug addict. They're not going to be addicted to drugs. They're going to be a new creation in Christ Jesus because everything God created is good. That's our job, people. We don't supposed to speak what we see. We're supposed to speak opposite. We're supposed to speak life. He said death and life are in the power of your tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I don't care what my children is doing. That ain't what God created them to do. That's not what they're going to do. That's not how they're going to turn out. God got a plan and a purpose for their life. See, we, we Christians speak worse than the world. Oh, yeah, they're going to die. They're just as good as gone. That's what we speak. And that tells us where we are. That, and even if you ain't speaking it, if you're thinking it, you already got a mental picture and it's just as bad. I heard this testimony. There was a man that loved his wife dearly. He loved his wife so much. He, he, he started speaking. I don't know what I would do without my wife. So every time he turned around, I don't know what I'd do without my wife. Wife was in perfect health. That's all he spoke. I don't know what I'd do without my wife. So the more he spoke it, he would see his wife sick. He had a mental picture of her being sick. Next thing turned out, his wife was diagnosed with some kind of terminal bone cancer. And the woman died. I don't know what I do without my wife. Don't know how me and my children are making. Nothing wrong with the wife. See how you can idolize something so much that you be start thinking, what if they wasn't here? How am I going to make it? What am I going to do? That's the mindset the enemy put in your mind. So this is why we have to keep our focus on him. We have to set our affections on things above. And I'm going to tell you something. Whatever your dad did, whatever your mom did, that don't line up with the word of God, don't put yourself in that category. Don't put yourself in that category. That was them. This is you. See, we put ourselves in the category of our family. Don't put yourself in that. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. Whatever you put in a, in a child's mind is what a child going to grow to believe. If you tell that child they're worthless, they're going to make it, then that's what they're believing. Every day the enemy is programming them with that so they don't try to succeed. They don't try to make it. 
So the enemy wants you to think opposite to the word of God. But we got to think the way God think. And the only way we can do that is through his word. Listen, go back with me to Deuteronomy. We was here last week, the fourth chapter. And I'm going to say this one again. Now, therefore, hearken, Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry, unto the statues, unto the judgments, unto the word of God, which I teach you today, and do them, that you may live. Live mean, what did I say? To live well, to be prosperous, to flourish. This is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be taking this word to heart. What you're getting taught, you're not only getting taught just to lay it aside. You're getting taught to do it. Whatever the words say, remember Jesus, when he turned the water into wine, Mary said, whatever he say, do it. So when they done what Jesus said, Jesus didn't need to look in there to see if it was wine. Jesus did, he said, put the water in there. They put the water in there. When they put the water in there, he said, now pour it out. So what am I telling you? When the word get in you and it get rooted and grounded in you, you pouring it out by speaking what God is saying. And as you pour it out, there's a manifestation all around you. Whatever words you're speaking, it's getting poured out amongst people and people are getting healed, delivered and set free from what you're speaking. You only speak what you believe. If your thinking ain't lining up with your speaking, you don't believe it. You got to think it, you got to see it, and then you speak it. This is why so much deaf, y'all. Because the first thing we say is, when somebody don't listen, well, they done wrote their death certificate. They ain't going to live long. They're going to die young. Don't we hear this all the time? Every time you turn around, they're in a, they're in a courtroom. They're always doing something. They're crazy. Y'all, I done it. You get tired of people something, they're just crazy. They're just crazy. But then the Lord remind me, is that what my words say about them? Is that what I will say about them? No matter how God's people did, God came in and he spoke life. But they chose death. So God is telling us today that our minds are distorted. You got to get rid of that distorted mind. The enemy has set up strongholds in your mind to keep you in bondage so he can play you like a puppet. And this is what he does. We make excuses to make it easy on us, y'all. You know what we do? Because I done it. How did I get into depression? Due to my way of thinking. I thought wrongly. The depression weighed me down so much I couldn't even think like I wanted to think. I couldn't live like I wanted to live. I just believed every lie that came because that's what I came to believe by the way I was thinking. But when the Lord told me about strongholds, he said, you got to uproot those strongholds because if you don't uproot those strongholds, it's going to come back. You may live a week, two weeks and feel like everything is okay. But when something pop up in your life that's tragic, you go right back into that place you were in before. That's how you know you're trapped. This is what happened to Job. The Bible said the thing that Job feared came upon him. The reason why is Joseph, um, Job was trying to protect his very own family. He was trying to sacrifice on their behalf. Why? Because he wasn't even amongst his children, but he would see them doing stuff they ain't supposed to be doing. And when he saw them do it, he said, all right, get the sacrifice. We got, we got to take care of this sin. And guess what? He opened the door to the enemy to say, you gave me access to your children. You gave me access to what you had. Even though you were living a righteous life, your thinking wasn't right. And being that your thinking wasn't right, you begin to put action behind what you're thinking. So you let me in your 
your house. So who are we letting in our house through our thinking? Some of us are living in depression. We're living in fear. We're living in bondage and we're smiling and acting like we're okay, but we ain't okay. When you wake up and it seems like things are not right in your home, God is telling you, you allow something to come in here that don't supposed to be in here. It's God want us not to only live, but he want us to live well. He want us to live according to his word, not according to us. So let me tell you how to do it. Is that okay? Because Miracle Temple, we talk about this over and over again. How many know when you speak the word, you feel the life of God? How many know when you steady speaking the word, you, you, you feel life? How do you feel it? You feel it through your body. You feel it through your emotions. You feel like I can make it a little further because the word is, is being spoken, right? But then when death is being spoken, what do you feel? The shakes? You just feel like just, just close the door. Let me lay here. Just let me lay here. If I, the longer I lay here, I get through it after a while. And you just lay there and trying to figure it out and trying to wonder what's going on. Isn't that what's happening? You lay right there in that misery. You lay in that mess. And then after a while, you get a, a thought that make you feel good. And you pop up and feel like you can make it, but you ain't dealt with the root of it. You're going to go right back in that same pattern. So how, how do we deal with it? Go with me to Philippians. Philippians. In the book of Philippians, they were going through some things. And Paul was encouraging them. And y'all, Paul was encouraging them from prison. Who does that? He in lockdown, but he's writing books of the Bible, encouragement. And this is what Paul was saying in Philippians 4. Be careful for nothing. That means be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So Paul was saying, don't be anxious for anything. He said, go to God with that. And when you go into God with that, you trust in God with it because you know that God has your answer. When you call on him, he'll answer you. He'll show you great and mighty things. God will let you know what to do in that situation. So he said, don't get anxious about it. See, the enemy know when you get anxious, that brings fear. So the moment you get anxious, you can't hear what God is saying. So there need to be a calmness. When you come to God, when you come to God, you need to be at peace and you need to be at, uh, in a calmness saying, God, you're my answer. I'm trusting you to give me the answer. So I'm going to rest in you until I hear from you because at this time I hear nothing. So you're resting in the Lord. Then he go on to say when you're resting in him and you're not anxious, look what happened. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep, y'all hear that? Keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. This is how you kept. This is how your heart and mind is kept because the peace of God will come in, in the midst. When did the peace of God come in? Because I wasn't anxious. I didn't let it get me down. I trusted in God. I made my request known. I knew that God would answer me. And all of a sudden, God peace come in. And when God peace come in, guess what? It guarded my heart and my mind, it was guarding my heart and my mind against what the enemy wanted to plant there. I was guarded, y'all. But then he said, there's something else you still have to do. He said, even though the peace have come in, he said, this is what I want you to think on. He said, finally, this is finally. See, we missed the finally part. We got the peace, so we go on about our business, right? But he said, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, 
Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. We miss the finally. What we do, we say we got the peace, but God say your thinking got to be in line with my word. You got to think on what's pure, honest, of a good report. He said, if there be any virtue, come on, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise. See, you can't even begin to praise God right until you begin to think on the things of God. So when I'm thinking on the goodness of Jesus, when I'm thinking on God, you bought me out of that. So I know you already bought me out of this. God, when I didn't have enough, God, you gave me enough. Only thing I had to do was rest in you, knowing that you already worked it out. How many know that God's worked it out when a bill is due and you know ain't no money nowhere? But you're saying, God, I ain't being anxious. I'm not going to worry about it because you are my father. You are my daddy. And God, you always going to take care of me because I got enough bread in heaven. So I call forth what's in heaven down here on earth to take care of what I need. And you resting in that. Those are the things that you're thinking on. And then it goes on to say, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard. Look at that. Both learned and received. You got to learn it. You got to receive it because you heard it. And seen in me do and the God of peace woo, shall be with you. Look at God's word. Y'all look at his, y'all ain't getting it. Y'all got to get it. Y'all got to get this. This is what the enemy don't want you to get. This is how you come out of bondage. This is how you uproot these strongholds. It's by letting go of you and grabbing hold of him. You letting go of you because let me tell you, ain't nothing we can do. God's already done it. So we got to grab hold to what he's done. Then after that part, this is what God says something else you got to do. Let's go right to this scripture. We always get 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Where am I going? 10. Listen what it says. Verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We got to pull down these strongholds that's in our mind, these fortresses that have us trapped, that, that's causing us not to hear from God. How do we do it? Casting down imaginations. Y'all, this is what happens. An imagination is a reasoning. It's something that you've been pondering on. So when you cast that down, that means this is what you're going to do. You're going to say, ah, that don't line up with the word of God. I'm pulling you down. You're trying to exalt yourself against the knowledge of God. You got to come down. I'm going back to these altars. And did I read um, Numbers 33? Did I read that? Y'all remember what that said? He said, get rid of all of these things, the pictures, everything that's in that land that does not represent me. He said, the altars, I want you to bring them down. See, this is why when they enter the land, they say, tear down the high places. So God is saying, if I have given you healing, if I have given you um, deliverance, if I have given you prosperity, whatever I have given you, and it's something that's occupying that, he said, I want you to pull it down. You don't belong here. This is what God is saying. He said, cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. 
If you're not pulling these things down, they become strongholds. And they have a hold on your mind. And as long as they have a hold on your mind, you cannot live this prosperous life. You cannot live your life to the full. You cannot live your life well. You just living to get by. You just living to get by. You're not enjoying life. God began to tell me, he said, I want you to enjoy every day of your life. I want you to enjoy every day, not just one day, every day of your life. I want you to have enjoyment in it because I have given you life. And I have given it to you more abundantly. He said, even while this world is corrupt, he said, we should be enjoying our life. Why? Because we don't live in corruption. The life that God has brought us, it has translated us out of darkness into the marvelous light. So God said he wants us to enjoy every day of our life. We need to quit putting things before God. And that's what we do. We say we trust God, but we don't hear him enough to trust him. Trust him means when God tells you, you don't need that. Yes, Lord, I trust you. But God is not going to, he'll tell you what you don't need. But what do you do? He'll work with you in that process. Because you got to build yourself up to stay in that place. You can't just quit something cold turkey ain't never been in the word. Now, some people can because they, they really feel like they can trust God. But God has sent people along the way to encourage them. But God wants this word to be first and foremost in our life. So he said, once you cast down everything that's exalting itself, he said, you got to bring into captivity every thought. Y'all, can y'all imagine how many thoughts we got to catch in a run of a day? He said, bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So that's our job, y'all. This is how we walk. We fight the good fight of faith by doing what God tell us to do. And y'all, I have learned when I do like God tell me to do, it's already worked. I don't have to wait for it to work. It's already worked. If I'm waiting on it to work, I don't believe God. But if I'm taking him at his word and going on, and I'm going to leave you with this Last scripture. Go with me to Genesis 22. And I'm going to talk to you about a man. And y'all know this man well. I pray you know this man well because if you spent time with this man, you know that this man knew God. And this man that I'm talking about is Abraham. Y'all, Abraham waited many years for a son. And when God told him he was going to give him a son, I don't know about you. But if God give me a promise and it's been 25 years and you waiting on that promise, you trust in God, God gave him a word and he told Abraham, you will have an heir and that heir is going to bring forth um, a nation. Now, Abraham waiting and waiting now, at the time that God probably told Abraham, he probably could produce something. But at the time, his wife won was barren. It was shut up and they waited and waited and waited. But God come to Abraham and he told Abraham this time next year, Sarah will have a child. Sarah laughed. That's why Isaac mean laughter. She laughed at God and God knew that she laughed. But just because she laughed, y'all got something to tell you. You can laugh at all the promises of God you want. God said, you're laughing. Don't change my mind. Because if I said it, you can mock me all you want. It's not going to change what I said. I just need for somebody to stand on what I said. See, it don't change what he said. His word is not going to change. God said, my word don't fluctuate. If I told you that, it ain't based on you sinning. 
It ain't based on you laughing. It ain't based on your money. It's based on what I said. So they, she laughed at him. But y'all know, God waited that these people got 100 years old and 90-some years old. And then he had the audacity. But, but check this out. This is the funny part. Abraham had to still do something. He had to still lay with Sarah. Come on, men. They say after a couple of years, just, just give it up. Just be roommates. Just enjoy it. You can't even warm each other no more because both of you get cold. Have to throw extra blankets on the bed. Come on, somebody. Because they say when David got old, they had to get David a young woman with some blood that could warm him up. His, his old concubines and the women he have couldn't he lay beside him and keep him warm no more. They had to go, it's in the word. They had to find him a young woman say, you want us to get you a young woman? I paraphrase and lay up beside you so you can get warm. Because he was up in age. Couldn't get warm. He was cold all the time. So listen to this. You got a hundred-year-old man, 90-some-year-old woman, and still coming together. You know why? Because they said, now we know what we can't do. But we're going to go on what he said. Now, if he said we can, we're going we're gonna to keep on. We're going to trust God, and we're going to keep on because it ain't going to be based on us because we know. Because the Bible said that Abraham considered. <laughs> not That means that Abraham knew his body was like it was. He knew Sarah's body was like it was, but he was fully persuaded. That what God said, God is able to perform. So Abraham stuck with that. But before all that, they got way up in age. Sarah got tired of waiting. She said, man, go on in there with my... Uh, concubine, go on in there with my maid servant. Go on, lay with her. Abraham said, Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Abraham said, You giving me permission? You think I ain't gonna do it? Yes, ma'am. Keep peace in this home, and I'm gonna be at peace too. Abraham went in there, come out, woman pregnant. Now, here come Ishmael. God still stuck. He said, Ishmael ain't the promise. He said, That's what you did. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Some of us don't want to wait on God, so we go ahead of God. God said, that's your doing. That ain't mine. See, mine outweigh yours. He said, that's what you set up yourself. That's what you got to live with, Ishmael. He said, but I told you Isaac. So God still gave them, y'all don't hear what I'm saying, he still gave them Isaac, even in their foolishness. Isaac come forth. He go, Isaac, here come Ishmael. Oh, Sarah, look and say, oh, no, you ain't going to be mocking my son, Ishmael. He told Abraham, now this is the thing. She told him to go lay with the woman. He did it. Now she's saying, you take that woman and that child and get them out of my house. And Abraham, he didn't want to do it. And God looked at Abraham. He said, Abraham, do what Sarah's telling you. These two nations cannot stay together. So look what Abraham, y'all got to be in Abraham's shoes. That was his son. That was his seed. That he was around and God said, let him go. He cannot stay in this house. He let him go. God still had a promise because that was a seed. And y'all, we still dealing with that nation. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Because of out of disobedience. But God, guess what? God still prospered Ishmael because of the covenant he had with Abraham. But this is the key, y'all. Now, he got Isaac after 25 years. God had to show them. This ain't man's doing. This is my doing. Man couldn't have done this. So he showed, they, so you know God's glory is being revealed. But then after he get Isaac, a son 
his very own seed, him and Sarah. Now, God is going to come to Abraham to prove him. Y'all, God approve us right where we are. Now, I done gave you what I said. Now, let me see if you love what I said more than you love me. So God said, I want you to take that very son, that promise, and I want you to take him where I'm sending you, and I want you to sacrifice him. Now, here is Abraham. Abraham, the Bible, my Bible didn't say he mumbered, didn't say he complained. He got his men. He got everybody together, even his son. And he told them men, he said, me and the lad is going up yonder. He said, but going up yonder to worship, but we'll come back to you. See, Abraham was so in tune with God. His mind was so in alignment with God. He knew for himself, if God killed him, he got to bring him back because you gave me that promise. That was your promise. That was your word. So that word got to rise again. Because you're not going to be made ashamed of. So he took the lad. Can you imagine? Father and son walking together. And Isaac knew about sacrifices. He said, Father. He said, I see everything for the sacrifice. But where is the lamb? Can you imagine a child looking up to you? Say, where is the lamb? And Abraham looked at his son and said, God will provide the sacrifice. He didn't look at Isaac and say, boy, you the sacrifice. You're going to die today. He didn't look at Isaac like that. He said, God, he kept it real. He said, God will provide himself a lamb. What was Abraham standing on? Let's see what happened. Genesis 22. And this is what happened. Verse 10, and Abraham scratched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. Y'all know Abraham saw the ram in the bush and verse 15 says, and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, by myself have I sworn, says the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and has not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven as the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. What am I saying to you today? We got to stand on this word. No matter what it looked like. No matter what it appear to be. If God has given you his word, God is not going to retract that word, y'all. That's his promise. So that's why we have to go to him. And we have to, it said without faith, it's impossible to please him. Those that go to him must believe that he is. And the Bible says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I'm saying today, we have to get rid of these strongholds. We have to get rid of distorted thinking and warped minds. And we do it through the word of God, knowing that the word don't change. The word remain the same. No matter what you're going through in your mind, if that's not what the word is saying, 
you don't accept it. You get rid of it. You cast it down. You capture every thought and bring it into the obedience of Christ. Y'all, we are wasting time. The enemy wants you to be time wasters on your own self because God, the enemy knows that God has a call on your life and he want to stop you from moving in that call because there's people out there that are being lost. It's people out there that are, that are dying because we're too focused on how we feel and what's going on with us. And you're getting tired of feeling this way. If you're getting tired of being that way, God said, rise up in your authority. Rise up in what I have given you, and you will see change come forth. You will see manifestation. Jennifer, can you come up here, baby? God want us to move, and he want us to press towards the mark of the high calling. It's time out, y'all, for playing church. This stuff is real. If the enemy can get hold to your mind, he has got hold of your body. So we're going to have to know what's true. The enemy is trying to deceive you. He's trying to lead you away from truth. God say, my word is true. Let God be true and let every man become a liar.